Hi, how you doing, folks? This is the Gospel of Kennison, episode 198, brought to you the week of February 25th, 2024. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison, and this is my personal audio journal where I share and strive to overcome the challenges of major depressive and anxiety disorder. So this week, I have been very ill. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I, it started in my sinuses and worked its way down into my chest. I felt like I was coughing so much that I had broken rocks of concrete in my chest. It was, it was really bad, like painful. Like I thought I was going to be coughing up blood if I checked, but it wasn't like that. You know, it's not like in the movies. So I was, I was happy, happy about that. But I have something to share with you guys that I haven't shared with you so far. Um, I've hinted at it. Um, I've talked with um, the Patreon supporters about it, uh, but it has become such a major part of my life that there, there is no way I can keep it separate and should keep it separate. It is uh, something that I was slightly ashamed of, but am no longer and feel like I have every right to do what I want to do and I should share it on my journal. So I am or I have been over the last several months, maybe even few uh, months or handful of months, uh, going through the process of considering and preparing for bariatric surgery. So bariatric surgery is surgery on your stomach that you get uh, to make it easier for you and possible for you, those that struggle uh, to lose weight conventionally. So also known as cheating. <laughs> so I am very aware of, uh, of the stigma that, that some folks put on it. I, I know I put it on myself, uh, before I started considering it myself. So, uh, what, what, uh, what is it exactly? Um, I'm getting, uh, what's known as a gastric sleeve surgery where they're going to go in uh, endoscopically, you know, with cameras and, and little robot arms into my stomach. Uh, they're going to reduce the size of my stomach by 70% and turn it basically into a, uh, a sleeve, a cigar shaped sleeve where my esophagus is at the top, my small intestine at the bottom, and it will make me feel uh, full on very little food. Um, it could be called a crutch. I call it a tool. My doctor calls it a tool. It is uh, something that we have thought through and I've had to go through quite a bit of prep in order to be ready to do it. And uh, I just, I was, I was afraid to share, to be honest, because there are people like me that think like me about this. And they think of it as cheating and taking a shortcut. And it is, I've, I've went into it believing that as well. I now see that it is, uh, very much, um, about discipline and it is not an easy thing to do. It is, and they kept telling me that and I kept being like, yeah, whatever. And, uh, it is, it is not, 
It is not easy. So I'm getting gastric sleeve surgery. Um, it's been in the works for a while. Uh, it is February now, almost the end of February. We've been looking at this since August, October, September, October, uh, October, November, maybe. Anyway, it's been a few months. And uh, my wife and I started talking about it. And then we did a bunch of research on it. And then I talked to my doctor about it. And she referred me to a surgeon. And I talked to the surgeon. And we chose uh, gastric sleeve surgery because it met the, it, it was the solution to the problem that I'm having. Because I, as you guys know, have uh, been exercising regularly. I've been eating vegetables and I've given up soda and I've done um, a lot of changes. I don't eat sugar. Uh, I quit eating cereal recently and uh, the gummy snacks that I would eat at the end of the night to go to bed. Uh, it was the last of my sugar. So I've given up a lot of stuff, but I still eat calories because I, I can't, I just, I can't handle being hungry. I just can't do it. Dieting has never worked for me because of that. I, I have stretched out my stomach to the point, um, that anything less than a bunch of food makes me absolutely miserable. Uh, and you can't shrink your stomach apparently. Uh, I, I looked, if you could fast, you could do all kinds of stuff. It's not going to shrink your stomach. So, uh, my, my theory with this whole thing is I only eat now. I used to gorge myself. I only eat until I'm full. So I shrink the size of my stomach and I only eat until I'm full. And my good habits begin to work for me, uh, because of this modification so that's, that's the heart behind it. And that's the reason why I'm, I'm going this direction. I want to be healthy. Um, I don't want to carry all this weight and shorten my lifespan. I want to be around for my kids and my grandkids. And apparently carrying weight on your belly is the worst and most dangerous kind of weight to have. Um, this is not about vanity because I have no idea what I'm going to look like when it's over, when the, when the weight loss is, has, has, uh, balanced out. Um, I could be a saggy baggy, you know, elephant looking dude. I, I don't know. And you know, that's going to be a problem when I get there. If I get, you know, if that's a problem, if my face is all saggy and gross, then it's saggy and gross, I guess, but I'll be healthy. And, um, my grandkids will be afraid to look at me in the face. But uh, anyway, so this is just something that I'm doing. And, you know, you can send your love or hate to james at nlcast.com and, and give me all your your opinions and input and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But that's the direction I'm going. There was quite a review and prep process. I had to start with a class that I went to. And let me tell you, uh, the people that I shared the class with were not people that I thought, uh, were going to be able to do 
this thing properly. Um, I, there was only three of us and the other two folks, one was very, very late. And the other guy just looked, well, he appeared to be homeless. I, he, I, I know he wasn't. Um, but the nurse was asking questions about if we had been complying with some of the stuff we have to do. And, uh, one of them was practicing eating smaller bites. Um, having uh, protein shakes to replace meals, drinking water and all this kind of stuff. And none of the people were doing it except for me. Um, I'm a rule follower. I, I, you know, I, I, I can do it when it's, when it's, you know, for a purpose and all this kind of stuff. So uh, I, I, I don't know, but I, I don't say that to put anybody down. I say it to say that, so far at every phase I have met and exceeded expectations and that I'm an ideal candidate. And I feel like I'm going to be a success at this. This is going to work for me. And I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm very excited about that. I, I, I miss out on a lot being fat. Um, there's a lot of photos that I'm not in and my kids, you know, growing up, a lot of a lot of uh, hikes and adventures and trips down the river that I'm not a part of because of my weight um, makes things like that miserable for me. Absolutely impossible in other cases. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, but it's not easy. <clears throat> So there was a class that I went to and they taught us, you know, all about what it's going to mean and, and the permanent changes that are going to happen uh, for the rest of my life because of this surgery. Um, they told us that we were going to have to be on a liquid diet uh, two weeks before the surgery and two weeks after surgery uh, that then after those four weeks, there would be two weeks of pureed foods. And then after that, two weeks of small bites, you know, very small restricted kind of diet leading back into, uh, regular eating. Um, <clears throat> I, I, there's certain medications that I won't ever be able to take, uh, like, I don't know, I, I think acetaminophen, you know, I don't know, some sort of thing like that. Um, I have to crush my medications. There's just, there's just different things. I, I kind of feel like sometimes that I'm turning myself into a Frankenstein. I also have a lot of self-doubt sometimes, or, or I've had self-doubt in the past about this. Am I going to spend the money and get the surgery and slim up and then slack off and start eating too much. And what, so the deal I made with my wife is this, um, that if I do that, I will pay the family back for the surgery. <laughs> so, because it is possible to stretch your stomach out again. Um, 
but what it would mean is I would have to go back to gorging myself over and over. And that is a phase that is, I have gotten under control and I don't do anymore. And I feel like I have done everything possible to set myself up to win and to succeed in this area. So we did the class and then there was, um, I had to meet with a psychiatrist where he asked me a ton of questions to see if I was suitable. I had to get clearance from my psychiatrist, which she did not do for a while. Cause I was, you know, not podcasting. I was in a very low state. Uh, she wanted to see me steady for at least two months. So there was that waiting period before she would send in her release. I had to go see my general practitioner and get a bunch of blood work done. Um, and, and there was this whole to-do list. I had to keep an exercise journal and a food journal. And I did all that. I had to turn that in. I had to meet with my dietitian. So it's a, it's a quite a process. And very recently, this week actually, I met with my surgeon and my uh, nurse again for a pre-op appointment where we set the date, and the date is uh, March 4th at 7 a.m. So, you know, today is Sunday, and uh, it is the 25th. So, you know, roughly a week away and, uh, I am already on my liquid diet and (laughs) it is terrible. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I originally, I wanted to keep it secret because I was ashamed. I, I was ashamed of this. And I felt like I was cheating. Like, like it's just a secret I wanted to keep. And it's not something I'm ever going to broadcast to the outside of this podcast, obviously to the world. I'm not going to go around wearing t-shirts and become some sort of activist. Um, but this is, this is uh, a part of my life and it's a part I, I, that has become, uh, it is my life. It, it, it would, yeah, I, I, I can't keep it from the podcast. It would be like keeping my depression out of the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like I would just tell you all the stuff except for the depression stuff, you know? So I'm going to, you know, not keep it just to, um, Patreon members anymore because there's, um, it's, it's too, it's not possible to keep, you know, the two parts separate. I don't have two lives. I have one life. So I hope, I hope that this can become something that you guys support me in and that you will enjoy, uh, my journey, um, as I try to improve myself and, uh, to move forward into another era, um, because I have tried, I have tried so many times to lose weight and I always gain it all back. Um, it's, it's not for lack of willpower. It's discouragement. I just get this so discouraged because, uh, I, I get so hungry and food becomes such a focus 
Like it becomes everything. And I eventually fail every time. So I'm going to use this tool, this surgery, to help me to get to the goals that I want to get to. And I, w- I want to be alive. I want to live. And uh, I am currently, well, I was right at 300 pounds. Currently, I'm closer to 280-something already on this liquid diet. I've lost 10 pounds. Um, so it's like 89 or some 289. I lost five pounds the first day. <laughs> so <laughs> it shows you how, how much weight there is to, to just, to just lose five pounds. You can't even see it. Yeah. You can't even tell that's how, that's how fat I am. But, um, so I, so I set the date, started the liquid diet. Liquid diet is supposed to be two weeks or whatever, but it doesn't seem to matter. They want my liver to shrink. Um, apparently it makes the surgery easier. So liver shrink on up for them. Um, the procedure is interesting. You can actually see it online, you know, if you search for it. But uh, they put about five holes in my belly and they put in some arms and stuff, little mechanical arms and a, and a camera and a light. And um, I don't want to gross anybody out, but they, like I said, they zip off 70% of my stomach and they fill my cavity with air so they can move around and see what they're doing and uh i've watched tons of uh videos about people before surgery during surgery after surgery you know three days out three weeks out three months out three years you know a year out and uh i've decided that it's nothing i can't handle and that i'm ready to do it and so this is why you know i'm trying to get uh, set up at the Y. This is why I'm walking. This is what I'm exercising for and getting habits for, uh, so that I can make this, this change work. And, you know, I call this shortcut and, and it's really not a shortcut because there was no getting there. A shortcut is a shorter way to get to a goal. Well, I, there was no way I was going to get to the goal. So this is, not a shortcut. It is a tool to be used, a medical assistance uh, to get what I what I want. Um, and I'll be the first to say it. If I, you know, I hear I hear my critic out there. I, I, I'm my own worst critic. You know, why couldn't you have just done this? You know, the easy way or the hard way, rather, and save your family the money. And the answer is if that I've tried, I've tried over and over and over, and I simply do not have the ability to do it. I, I, I don't, I'm weak. I'm not strong. And, uh, that's what worries me a little bit about the surgery is, is am I, am, am I going to fall into bad habits? But I have been, I'm, I'm going to be in a place where I will have to work hard to screw it up. And right now I'm working hard to make myself healthy. And so if, as long as I stay on that road and I have, then I should have no 
issues at all. So that is a big part of my life <laughs> because this week, the way uh, the way the liquid diet has has turned out is I have these. Um, I can have yogurt. Um, I can have sugar free uh, pudding. I can have sugar free Jello. I can have sugar free fudge pops. Sugar free popsicles. Um, I have protein shakes. I have broth. I have tomato soup. Um, I have cream of chicken and cream of mushroom that I cook up and then filter or strain. And, and I can drink that so I can have something warm. Um, but I, but I'm limited, you know, to the 750 calories a day. And today I've been doing it since Monday. No. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a few days, okay? It's like been like three or four days. I don't know. It's This is three or four days in. Because I've been sick. I got sick and I went on this liquid diet at the same time. And I was just suffering. And I don't know how much of it was the sickness and how much was um, side effects of fasting like that. But uh, I was lightheaded. I would... Uh, <laughs> I'd be walking and all of a sudden I'd be in the wall you know, lightheaded. I wouldn't faint or anything, but just got off balance. Uh, I was nauseous. Um, you know, my, my stomach felt upset, even though I wasn't, um, or it wasn't. And so there was the, basically all the side effects that they said there would be for about two or three days. And that's exactly what happened. Today's the first day I've started to feel normal. I still feel a little lightheaded, still headachey. Uh, but no, I went out tonight for dinner cause my son turned 16 and we went out to dinner to celebrate that. And I had some miso soup and I sipped my soup and they had their sushi and it was a good time. <laughs> and, and I have adjusted finally to having food. I miss, I, I miss it. I miss it though. My, my daughter was making a cake for brother's birthday and she makes a cake and then she shaves it with like this hacksaw to make the top flat and then she piles up the pieces of used cake in a pile and usually james comes in and sees that pops it in his mouth and he almost did boy i have played the whole thing out in my head in a split second and i was like no i can't do it i almost did it i almost did it and then um there was pizza the other day the kids had gotten it. My wife wasn't that mean to me to, to get pizza. Matter of fact, pizza was my last meal before I started liquid diet. Uh, but the kids had gotten pizza and I was fine with the pizza. But then I turned around and sat down with my soup and I saw garlic knots and I, the, my brain did the same thing. Grab a garlic knot. They're great. And I almost did. And I was like, no, can't do it. Can't do it. Um, so, but I, but I have, um, you know, I have been getting full at times. Uh, so there have been other times where I have a little bit of cramping and my stomach is growling hard. I haven't <laughs> been hungry for most of my adult life. Uh, I have always given myself plenty to eat 
And that's how you get fat is you have to work hard. You have to overeat every single meal, you know? Uh, it takes dedication and hard work. And uh, so, uh, you know, not doing all of that, you know, I'm suffering a little bit now, but, but it's okay. And it makes me wonder about those people that I was in my class with that I mentioned earlier is how do people who are using it as a shortcut that think it is the easy way out, how do they go through this? Do they cheat? Do they just drink whatever they want? Do they consider ice cream and stuff, you know, part of their calories or whatever? I I don't know. I don't know. You know, because we've all seen the, you know, the 800, 900 pound sisters shows and, you know, all this kind of stuff and how they're trying to get their gastric bypass, uh, which is different than what I'm getting, by the way. Uh, gastric is more invasive. Um and they create a separate stomach for you out of your stomach. And then they bypass a lot of your small intestine. And this sur my surgery is a lot simpler where, like I said, they just take a round shape and they take off, you know, 70% of it and leave you with a, a little straight line stomach. So, but we've seen these, these big people, and you see how undisciplined they are and, and how addicted to food they are and how much of a part of their life it is and how the quantities and stuff, how do they, how do they even get to the, the point where surgery is even possible? And I think at least one of those two sisters that I'm thinking of hasn't gotten to that point, hasn't been able to do it. And, and now I see why, because you have to, have some willpower. I one of the one of the things on the to-do list that I mentioned earlier was I had to stay under a certain weight. I wasn't allowed to gain any more weight. And um I had to maintain that for months. And not only did I do that, I lost weight. And so uh I was very excited. It wasn't a ton, but they didn't want me getting over 301. And I came in at 394. Or two ninety four, three ninety four. Um, so they're saying that it's going to take a full year for me to hit uh, maximum weight loss or whatever it's going to be, and it'll it it'll be three forty, three thirty. No, <laughs> it'll be uh, two hundred thirty pounds is what they're saying. So seventy pound weight loss. And that'll be a significant change. Um, I'll, I'll probably never be super skinny, uh, but it will be a significant difference. Now, my goal, my goal is to do weight training and to continue to diet and to eat right and do better than that. Um, because without the hunger, I, I can, I think I can do you know what I need to do, uh, and eat less calories, but still eat the same amount of food by eating vegetables and high, low fat proteins is my, is my goal. And then of course, uh, working out, which I want to start as soon as possible 
uh, I wanted to start before the surgery, but the surgery is now booked, you know, um, and right now I don't feel capable of working out because of my lightheadedness and queasiness right now, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, but I want to main, I want to develop this workout pattern and habit, um, to put on some muscle because when you do lose weight, you lose muscle and fat and uh, you kind of eat yourself. <laughs> you become a cannibal. So you get punished for losing weight by losing a little bit of yourself as well. Um, so anyway, that, that, uh, that is that part of my life. And I want to, I just want to make that available to everybody. I want to, I want to, um, to share that, uh, with everyone. I've told no one, I've told no one outside my family. Um, and I do mean no one except for you guys. And those that I know that listen to this show will hear about it through the show because, you know, when do you bring it up? When do you, you know, Hey, by the way, I'm going to do this thing, this, this, this optional surgery that, you know, and possibly put my life at risk for no reason, you know, for vanity reasons. I don't, I just didn't want to be misunderstood. I don't want to. And, and when people comment, you know, and say, Hey, you look like you've lost weight. I'm not going to be like, yeah, look at me. I'm awesome. You know, I'm not going to take credit for it because, uh, although there is discipline involved in it, it's not at the same level as like, I've got a lady that I'm friends with that listens to the show and she had to have been 300 plus pounds. And I've watched her, uh, for three years, lose that weight through diet and exercise. And that woman, uh, deserves a trophy. You know, she deserves a million dollar check, uh, compared to what I'm doing, which is, which is, you know, seen from that perspective, it's a shortcut. But like I said, for me, I was never going to be that person. Um, but it doesn't mean I have to die for it. You know, um, I don't know. I, I am still a harsh judge on myself and, and I, I just, food has always been an issue. I've been fat my entire adult life. Um, started in my, you know, early twenties and I was two fifty when I married Jen and I got up to three sixteen uh, last year and brought it back down. So I did that much, you know, you guys know that I've tried keto. Uh, I've dieted on this show before and, and tried other things. Uh, this is the one I'm, I'm planning on working. And I think being accountable on this show is, is, uh, going to be a part of that. So, into into that discussion. If you have any comments, questions, input, James at NLCast.com. Um, my son turned 16 this week, so I had to get up butt early and take him directly to the highway patrol. We ended up in some town outside of Festus because the highway patrol here in St. Louis opens once a week and it is constantly booked and it is crazy. So we went to a small town and we got an appointment and right at eight o'clock, they put my son in a vehicle, his vehicle, and they drove him around 
and he barely passed. He he had to get at least a 70. He got a 76. It was little things um, like parking on a hill. He he did set his parking brake, but he didn't turn his wheels, you know, to, to you know, turn into the embankment if he, if he started slipping backwards. Um, he did good on parallel parking. Uh, he, he didn't know where his headlights were <laughs> and I blame myself because my car has automatic headlights. Uh, you know, so just little things like that ticked off a few things, but he has said she was great. His, his instructor or, or test giver was great and kind, um, and, you know, gave him advice and input on his, on the things he could improve on. Uh, but he passed and then we drove to my favorite uh, license office here in the city on on uh, on on the high on something highway. Anyway, Dogs on Duty is the charity that runs it, and they're nice. And we were in and out of there in twenty minutes, and he had his his paper uh, driver's license. So he has had a lot of fun driving this weekend and visiting friends and doing stuff like that. Now I had a little talk with him and I told him, I said, you're about to, you know, start experiencing a level of freedom that you haven't had before. And I said, that's a great thing. I said, but if you want to continue to experience that freedom, then you need to keep your head on straight and uh, make good choices. And he says, absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see with great power comes great responsibility, but also with great power comes great temptation. Um, we've restricted him during the week already to saying, you know, you get two trips out uh, for social stuff a week. And then the rest of the week, you know, you stay here. And that's all also dependent on if you've done your homework, your sports, you know, your, your home duties, your chores, you know, things like that. And so, uh, we've already laid that out and, uh, tonight <laughs> he's chomping at the bit. He's asking to drive. When can I start driving to, uh, see his sister, you know, in, in college. And I said, you know what? Let us get back to you on that. Let's, let's work on, you know, let's work on you just driving around town for a while. So. Um, but no, I think he's going to do good. I think he's going to do really good. So he, he, he's learned a lot from watching his sister grow up and some of the mistakes that she made. And he, he's the kind of guy that likes to learn from other people's mistakes instead of his own. So I think he'll do good. I think he'll do real good. Um, but the process was really smooth and easy and he's a good driver and, uh, I think he'll do fine. He's driving my car. We're sharing a car now. I don't love that because everybody kind of messes up their first car, don't they? Uh, but today he told me he's not everyone. So I said, you kind of are by definition, but I understand what you're saying. Um, Jenna came home to hang out for his birthday, and that was good to see her. Always. It's always, she's, she's just so grown up now. And, um, so she is no longer with her boyfriend. They have parted ways and I think it's for the best. He just turned out to not be, uh, good enough for her in my opinion. And I'm very proud of her. I'm very proud of how strong she is. 
Uh, you know, cause there are girls that would take a guy that wasn't good enough for them and still want them and beg to be, uh, reunited or what have you. But she started seeing problems that she didn't like. And I'm not going to get all in her business, but I'll, I'll just say that she set up a period of separation and it had some rules. He didn't abide by those rules. And he did some things that she wasn't happy about. And so she broke it off completely. And she's tore up, obviously. But, uh, I mean, she says she prayed about it and stuff. And, uh, you know, my kid's spiritual life is one of those things right now that I'm not real sure about, you know, they, they're very private about it. Um, we raised them best as we could. And, and, but anybody in my area, anybody that has kids, my kid's age and in their period, you just don't know. You can't force it anymore. I mean, not that you did, but you can't, you, you can't, you could ask even and not even know, you know? But uh, hearing that my daughter prays and she does go to church, uh, she's doing she's doing good, and I'm very proud of her for being strong. She's not uh, she doesn't need a man to complete her, and she has standards. And his loss, you know, because literally she is the best single woman out there. Her mother is the best woman out there. It takes the best woman to make the best single woman. Um, I got corrected because I was talking to Jen and I told her that Jenna was the best woman available or out there. And she said the best. And I said, well, the best context, context, context was single, single woman. So uh, I, I liked Greg until I found out, you know, that he had had some flaws. So, um, I agree with her that, that she made the right decision. Uh, she stood up strong against what she didn't want. She gave him an opportunity to change. He chose not to, he chose to even go worse and, um, hats off for her for not trying to fix him or wait it out or any of that kind of stuff. She knows what she wants. And I love that. I love that. She's not going to let anything in her way and she even went to god with it so hats off to jen or jenna rather yeah i call her jenna so anyway if you pray for my family pray for jenna um she's doing good in school you know everything's going great there and uh that's about it, I guess. I, I guess I can let you guys go. I I know I talked last week a lot about life goals and stuff and uh, new habits and waking up at certain times and walking for certain times and doing push-ups and prayer and Bible reading. And, and I'm just going to tell you right now this week, I have been all over the place um, because of this illness, this sickness and this, and this, uh, liquid diet thing. I have felt weak. I have not been walking. I have not been 
doing anything. I quit posting stuff to Twitter or Facebook. Uh, nothing was funny. Nothing. No, no jokes were coming. Um, I was just miserable. You know how it is when you're sick. I did a podcast. I did uh, that story show this week, sick as a dog. Um, so I did put into play one of the concepts, which was preparing for my show uh, over a course of several days instead of trying to do it all at once. And um, luckily I did that before I got sick because if I hadn't, I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have done it at all. Uh, but once I, as I'm starting to feel better, cause today's like literally the first day that I felt any better. And I still, you can still hear it in my throat. I still have a, <sighs> I mean, you can hear that, right? I have this, <coughs> sorry, I still have this gunk in my throat. So I, I still have a chest cold, but as things come back up, I'm going to get, I'm going to get on a lot of that stuff. Um, because when you're sick, you don't, you just, man, it all goes out the window. But, um, you know, uh, just to, just to re re, uh, go over those things, comedian, special speaker about depression, teaching to dis discipline, graphic design and podcasting. Um, you know, I, I have gone back and read the book until I got, got sick, uh, special speaker about depression. I have worked on my sermon, um, but I quit when I got sick. Uh, teaching discipline. Um, I have not started on that yet because I've been working on the other things and I don't think it's necessary to work on all of them at the same time, take on everything. I think as long as I'm doing something, it's better than nothing. Graphic design. <clears throat> I have not done, I have not moved forward anywhere on that because it's dependent on my regularity with podcasting uh, because that was my primary source of in uh, advertisement was <clears throat> the podcast and then podcasting itself is so dependent on my ability um that i am still you know taking slow steps and preparing uh well in advance uh so the next episode of that story show will come out on tuesday in just a few days and it's it's funny it's got some good stories but it's it's oh it's rough <laughs> <clears throat> I, I sound terrible. I sound great compared to what I sound like on the show. I sound great right now compared to that. So there's just zero energy. It's very, very deadpan, but if you, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll like it. Um, but, uh, anyway, working on, working on life and that's where we're at for now. I'll leave you there. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your input. Thank you, patrons, for your support, those that give to support me and the show. Um, I would love for you to become a giver, uh, a supporter, a promoter of, of the show. You can do so at patreon.com slash GOK, and uh, you can save money by giving annually or by uh, monthly uh, for as little as $3 a month. And that would mean a lot. I want to get, say special thanks to Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt, and Mike Jones. And um, you support me, you'll get a GOK sticker. And um, it, it, it just it goes toward helping me feel like podcasting is more legitimate than just me sitting there uh, airing my grievances on a, on a mic. It gives me a source of income. 
uh, and and uh, it's a great way to to if you feel like this podcast is given to you, it's a great way to give back. But the best way is to listen. And thank you for doing that. And if you're new to the show, thank you so much for listening. If you're old to the show, you're the best. Um, you can join me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, all those places. Um, check me out online at gokcast.com or email me at james at and we'll see you guys next time. God bless. Bye.